Hello and welcome to Brews Less Traveled, uh, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the U.S. Uh, this is episode 65 of that show. I'm your host, Brian, and uh, once again, I'm joined by this month's co-host, Isaac Bell. How's it going, Isaac? It's good, Brian. How are you? Obviously wonderful. Yeah, I gotta ask, what's with the getup? I uh, I am uh, roughly 12 hours away from heading out on vacation. Not that anyone is counting. <laughs> but uh, I can't I can't do this anymore. These are like polarized sunglasses. I can't see the yeah the screen at all here. But it makes life better. Everything is better with polarized sunglasses. <laughs> life is rosy. How you doing today? I'm How's good. I'm good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, glad that you're following up. Um, and I'm not the only one taking vacations around here. Yeah, well needed vacation. As I alluded to last week, uh, we're headed to uh, the mini golf capital of the world, Myrtle That's Beach, right. South Carolina. But yeah, I've had a good week so far. Getting getting ready to get out of here. Getting ready to head head down south and uh, enjoy the beach. My daughter has been talking about it nonstop all week, so. I am just excited to get on the road and get out of here. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Someone in the chat is already there awaiting <laughs> my arrival. <laughs> They've got the beach warmed up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's actually raining there right now, so we can blame them for that. Isaac, um, did you know that in 2017, Idaho farmers produced 48 million bushels of barley? Did not. Yeah, I, uh, I learned that from um, another one of the great inclusions. Uh, we got this awesome Idaho Brewers Trail map from our friends at Visit Idaho. Shout out to Yins at, uh, at Visit Idaho. That's awesome. I love a map. I'm a big map guy over here. I'm an even bigger beer guy, though. So I think we should probably get to that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great idea, Isaac. We've got two beers tonight uh, from our featured brewery, Payette Brewing Company. We're going to be drinking their Urban Surfer citrus wheat and their aura guava and hibiscus sour ale really excited to have a sour ale and uh we're going to be joined by uh the founder of payette uh mike francis that that didn't work out that that audio bit didn't didn't work out at all isaac well i cracked it right by my microphone for those of you in the audience or those of you listening um who cannot see i uh i audibly cracked open a beer to uh to show you that i'm ready to get get into it yeah i mean great great job reading the stage direction there our, bad job microphone picking it up our, i suppose our, we, our should, we should we, we should yeah our bits are failing left and right um <laughs> my computer is failing Let, let's let's rescue this and uh let's bring on our guest and get into these beers please join us in welcoming the founder of payette uh brewing company mike francis there we go how's it going mike Good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. Um, I think Isaac is very eager to get into his beer, and uh, so am I. I am. I poured it already. Nice. What can you tell us about our first beer here, Mike? Urban Surfer. Yeah, so Urban Surfer is a citrus wheat beer. You know, the idea behind it is trying to have something really light and refreshing for the summertime. Uh, you know, and here in Boise, we're pretty landlocked, uh, but we do have a pretty awesome surf wave uh, there's a whitewater park uh, just about a mile downstream from the brewery that has a, a standing surf wave believe it or not there's everyday lines of people surfing and that was kind of the inspiration behind the name of an urban surfer really just want to have a you know it's a year-round beer for us but something that's just light and easy drinking and, and adding that 
citrus flavors to it to have something different than your traditional Hefeweizen or, or American wheat. Mm. It is extremely refreshing. I want to follow oh, yeah. up on the the standing wave. Um, we an earlier fe- city that we featured on this podcast was Missoula, and I was blown away about the by the by the rock that they have in the middle of the river there that they have a standing wave as well. And I was there in winter, and people were surfing it. I was so excited to hear that Boise also has one of these standing waves in a river. And I'm very excited to hear that it is a hot spot every day. And I love that you you made a beer as, a, as an ode to the people that go down there and surf in the river. Yeah, it's a really cool spot. And I actually just added a second wave to Two the waves? Whitewater Park. So, yeah, it's yeah a, get out of here. It's a popular spot. That's great. Yeah. Uh, some stats on the beer. 3.7% ABV. It's brewed with Cascade and Lemon Drop hops to, I think, I would guess probably to really accentuate that that zesty, citrusy yep. punch. And it definitely drinks like an all-day crusher. Yeah. Absolutely. Since That's- last week, Brian, I think I've dropped no less than at least 10 times uh, patio pounder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is what Brian and I have learned is a patio pounder. Or Perfect. a lawnmower <laughs> beer or any any of that easy drinking. Isaac, it, another week has gone by and you are still not on the alliteration train. Patio pounder, lawnmower logger. I've got one more week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there one day. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, got some questions for you um, while we sip and enjoy this delicious beer, which, by the way, is fantastic. I agree with Brian. Back before founding the brewery, you were an engineer at Boeing. And that seems like a pretty great career path. Uh, what inspired you to to leave that and, and start a brewery? Uh, yeah, you know, at, at the time, I didn't realize how good of a career path it might have been. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I got done with school at University of Washington and got a job at Boeing and took about six weeks off and then jumped into the working world. And, you know, in hindsight, I just didn't like a job. Uh you know, I, I enjoyed college so much. It was, that was the worst part about working at Boeing was it wasn't college. Uh, so that, <laughs> uh, which is probably true. You know, you have very few responsibilities in comparison. Um, so as, an, as I was doing engineering, uh, that's when I really got into homebrew and, and beer and all that stuff. And just kind of decided that, you know, I want to try something and you know, credit to some of my coworkers who had been working at Boeing forever and told me countless times how much they, uh, wish they had done this or that when they were younger. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm younger. 24, 25. My only responsibility was a dog. So I was like, let's do it. Let's, let's try this. Uh, worst case scenario. I had experience at Boeing and uh, engineering degree. So I'll go back, you know, Love that. fast forward. And I'm, I'm not back there yet. So I'm, I'm doing okay. At least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like how you're like, you weren't a responsibility, just a dog. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm easy. Or, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a very I good point. Something out, <laughs> Isaac. How many people? I don't think many people would count themselves, and they're like, "Oh, I'm responsible for these things." They're not like, "I got to take care of myself. I got to take I, care of my family." I say that all the time. I'm like, I can barely barely take care of myself, let alone uh, the farm at 13, or you know, like this car, <laughs> or another human life. All these things. I every day, I'm like, I am not responsible. Don't give me any responsibility. So you left the left the aviation engineering world at Boeing. You started Payette in 2011. Obviously, the name Payette can be tied to the famous French fur trader, Francois Payette, who so many things around the Boise and Idaho area are named for. But that name 
means something a little bit more to you, right? There's there's a tie into your your past there, right? Yeah, you know, as I was, uh, I came up with the idea for Pitt Brewing before I even left Boeing to go to brewing school. I, uh, you know, sitting in my apartment and, and trying to think through of like what I missed most about growing up in Idaho and everything for me came back to the Payette River. I grew up at kayaking. Now I've uh, moved into rafting because it's a little more, you can drink more beer when you're rafting than kayaking. So really, that's kind of how it all came about. It's like, I, I just missed the Payette River and in my head, it started as Payette River Brewing and I started looking around and like, well, there's a brewery named after all sorts of rivers. So kind of dropped the river part and was like a lot of things in Idaho, Payette Lake, Payette National Forest, Payette the Town, which we often get confused. People think we're in Payette the Town, which is about an hour away. Um, and so for me, it was kind of, it, it was meant rafting, but then I looked at it, I say, everyone that lives in Idaho has some connection to Payette, whether it's you know, the town, the river, the lake. So it kind of resonated within Idaho without being overtly Idaho. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And, and you continue that love of, of whitewater rafting and, and the rivers. And like, I saw in your uh, uh, website, you, you guys actually like, I don't know if it's sponsor a team of like whitewater or river or adventure athletes, or you do, do something cool there, right? We do. We have, we have two sponsored athletes that are professional kayakers. Um, and really as that started as the year we op- opened, these guys came to me and they started a, a competition called the North Fork Championships. Uh, and it is a race down the hardest rapid on a 15 mile class five insane river, the North Fork of Payette. And that's been going on. This is the 10th year now. So that's how we got involved with that. And then have met these since met these two brothers that uh, are one of them actually won this year, which is pretty cool. But if you ever, for some reason, find yourself in Idaho in Father's Day weekend, uh, there's an insane whitewater competition down the North Fork of the Payette River, or you can just Google it or YouTube it. And um, it's mind blowing and we go into it every year. It's been there and it, I still can't believe they go, they do that. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. I've, I've been whitewater rafting a couple of times and like the safety talk beforehand, it makes it seem like uh, <laughs> they make it very clear. You could die and uh, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, you could definitely die out there. Oh, absolutely. Nuts. Yeah. So Payette was the, the first craft brewery in Idaho to can its beer. Can you talk a little bit about um, back in 2012 when you, when you took that leap? Yeah. So, you know, when I started thinking up this idea for Payette Brewing, um, you know, Oscar Blues had been canning for a bit and it was this cool idea. And, you know, day one, I was like, I want to can our beer. And um, it's weird to think now with how normal it is uh, that people are like, what, why would you do that? And, You've probably heard brewers say that, you know, we brew the beer we want to drink. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I also say that we put it in cans because we want to drink it where we want to drink it. And you just can't, you know, the time can't take glass so many places. And I wanted to be able to drink my beer on the river. And so I had to be in cans. So that was the the goal was like, hey, we need to brew a beer, put it in cans so we can take it on the river. People probably heard all the the reasons why it's better than glass. And, you know, I can, I can spew those off, but that really had nothing to do with it. It was, I want to go rafting with beer with my right. beer uh i like that it's like, selfish it. for sure uh oh yeah i mean it was the right selfish move because now cans are just the standard oh yeah i love i love bringing cans with me and um, bottles are a little bit harder so yeah and breaking a glass bottle on a raft is not really yeah, a, exactly a good day whatever rafting the grocery store cans are just easier yeah Absolutely. they're great and it's funny to to see like you know you you started started the brewery 2011 
install a canning line, canning operation in 2012, like nobody was canning back then. And, and the, the, the canning operations were the smallest displays at any kind of trade show. And now it's so funny. You go the past two years at CBC and it's completely flopped. And the biggest displays are all the automatic canners and the palletizers and, um, you know, it's crazy to see how much it's gone from, oh, why would you put craft beer in cans to, oh, why are you still putting your beer in bottles <laughs> is what a lot of people are saying. It's true. It's crazy how it's changed. For the better. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of cans. It may be because one of my first craft beers was, was Dale's Pale Ale, uh, but I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm like you, Mike. I like to take my beer places, so cans make that you get you, people people will really question you if you got a bunch of bottles jingling around in your backpack <laughs> when you're at the trailhead uh, oh, you know so i think it's it, it, speaking of hiking speaking of doing things outdoors while drinking i think we should get into our second beer here um very excited i think this is the first time i've had a sour beer on the show here so uh mike what, what can you tell us about aura uh yes aura um it's our, uh, the guava hibiscus specifically, it's our, our sour beer. We do, we have a different variations of aura, but it's a, it's a 4% uh, kettle sour. So, you know, it's, it's another thing that's changed where kettle sours, I feel like used to be kind of frowned upon and now it's kind of normal, but uh, you know, we use a, um, a pure lacto strain in the kettle to get that tart flavor, put it through the system, boil it all off. So, we, you know, we don't have that contamination in the fermenters and we add in the hibiscus in the whirlpool. So that gives it that really brilliant pink color. Uh, and then during fermentation, add the guava in there to add that fruit component. Uh, another, you know, different cause it is tart, but it's a, another refreshing, easy drinking summer beer. It's wow. been a fun, fun project for us to get into something that's not IPAs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, IPAs are kind of important in the beer world. Um, whether you like it or not. On. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, I think, you know, the big trend that we're seeing is low calorie beers kind of driving things. And I think that's going to be the continued trend. And I, I could start to see those start to pay, pay the lights more. But I mean, it's, it's always going to be IPAs, even if it just drops to 60% of the market or 50% of the market. But these are the beers that excite me and, and, and really get me going, especially the, the sour beers, because I think a lot of people don't realize the, the complexity that's happening and the big change in the process with what you said in, in terms of kettle souring, uh, people may not know historically to sour a beer, you had to expose it to the outdoor elements through spontaneous fermentation or through old beer that you knew was sour. And now brewers are able to do this controlled thing where they're adding it in the kettle, they boil it to the point where it gets killed off. And then it allows you to pretty much do whatever you want to it after it's done fermenting. And you can add aseptic purees, which have been cleaned and I'm sure the brewers are very happy to be able to experiment with the different fruit and stuff. Do you have, are there fan favorite variations uh, of this beer? I think the, the guava hibiscus is, is the number one, but I think the, the second that has been most popular has been a prickly pear and yuzu version of it. Nice. Ooh. One that I personally really liked that I, that I don't think it got as good of a reception as we kind of did a apple tart, uh, kind of like an apple pie, uh, one that I thought was great is we kind of like sour beers. It's kind of a mixed bag where there it, some people love them, some people don't. And uh, that was that one was a I loved it, and some people thought it was 
bad idea. <laughs> Can't all be bangers. That's true. And, you know, there's a beer for everyone where, you know, you can go to a bar and get a beer and you're like, this is the sure. best beer ever. And the person next to you is like, I hate that. And, right. Yeah. And whatever they're drinking, you might think is horrible too. So, you know, it's a, it's a great thing about beers. There's such a variety. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Payette has always given back to the community of Boise, launching the Payette Ford program in the same year that the brewery was founded. What role do you hope to play in, in your community uh, beyond being a place that just makes great beer? Well, the way we've always looked at it is, you know, the, where we live is the community that supports us and uh, we want to be able to support them back. So with our Pit Forward program, um, we do a Cakes for a Cause on Monday nights. We're giving half the proceeds from the Monday night taproom sales back to a nonprofit. And again, we just look at it as, as it's it's like our civic rent. Uh, you know, we everyone comes to us and, and you know, supports us and drinks our beer. And, and there's a lot of people out there that um, have some great causes. And so we try to support as many people as we can and also try to align with people that have similar you know, views on things. Um, you know, like we do a lot of things with outdoor recreation, um, Idaho rivers United that protects the rivers that really hits home for us. Uh, you know, some of the different, uh, protect our winters cause we are all, if we're not rafting, you know, we're skiing in the wintertime. So you know, we don't, we don't pigeonhole to that, but that's kind of where we focus on um, sure. things that we, we, we like. And, you know, if a, staff members like, Hey, I'm really into something. Um, and the, that nonprofit comes to us. We're like, Hey, yeah, we got a you know, guy in the packaging line. That's, uh, I can't think of an example, but, uh, like a Boise <laughs> bully breeds and they're a, a pit bull rescue. And, you know, we had a guy's like, Hey, yeah. not, I think these dogs have a bad rap. You should, we should look at them. We're like, all right, yeah, let's, let's do a night for them. So it makes it fun to, to be able to interact with people we wouldn't otherwise know. Cause you know, if you get stuck in your beer world, you don't really always know what's going on. <laughs> right. What other causes are out there? Uh, yeah. I came from the, the, my background is actually nonprofits before I discovered uh, the wonderful world of beer and the breweries have always just been so good to us, you know, just exclusively um, the community. So I appreciate that program and, and kind of paying it forward. And I like that term civic rent. <laughs> I got it from my grandpa years ago. He says, you got to pay your civic rent. And yeah. I didn't understand it until I got a little older. It's like you said, it's a great way to see breweries connect with people that maybe not, they wouldn't have before. It's funny, you know, with our sister company, City Brew Tours, we do brewery tours. And what's always surprising on those is you would get locals that are like, oh, I never knew this brewery was here. I never right. knew this brewery was here. And for me, it's just like, Oh, I'm in the beer world. It's 11th hour. It's it's been there. It's Penn Brewery. It's always been there. But right. when breweries actually take that action to, hey, let's let's reach a hand out to the community and how, how can we help you? How can we bring you into this world and you know not only show you that we're a great place for the community, but like let's find a way to support you and support the cause that you're that you're doing. Yeah, it's great to have people come in and uh, especially. I mean, we've been around for 11 years and it's crazy when someone comes in they're like, I didn't know you guys were here. And I'm like, what? We've been here for a long time, but uh, <laughs> there's probably things in town. That I, I don't know exist. And I've been here for most of my life. Yeah. Uh, that, that happens. You know, we get in our own world here, here in Pittsburgh. We always like to joke that, that Yinzers won't cross more than one river or one bridge. So we don't <laughs> know too much outside of our world. And I think that's very easy to happen in, in something like beer and hospitality where it seems to be so connected into that, this, this little click that we have almost. 
Let's take a beer break and talk about the Basques, an ethnic group of people from the Bay of Biscay, indigenous to an area straddling both France and Spain. They have their own rich culture, language, and history that develops separately from their French and Spanish neighbors. Many Basque immigrated to Boise around the late 1800s to work as sheep herders, and their cultural traditions are still alive today in Boise. Downtown is home to the Basque Block, which features the Basque Museum and Cultural Center, as well as many Basque restaurants serving traditional Basque cuisine, such as croquetas, chorizo, and lamb stew. The Basque culture is certainly a unique and beautiful addition to the Boise community. Now, let's get back to the show. So browsing the website, I love the website. I love the branding. Saw that you won awards for the new branding. Really, uh, really cool stuff. Really, I think captures the brand. And there was there was a couple phrases on the website that stuck out to me. Fueling story since 2011, fueling Idaho adventures. Those phrases obviously allude to the brand being more than just beer. So why do you think beer is such a catalyst for adventure and making memories? Yeah, I think it's a, it, it can be a, a starting point or a, uh, given a like beer. So, you know, I mean, some people would disagree, but it's, it, it's a part of so many things in a lot of people's life. You know, it's just you know, a sporting event and you know, you're having a beer and hanging out with friends and all those different things where it just adds to the, the environment that you're doing. So uh, we look at it as we're not the, the reason you're going to go rafting or go skiing, but we want to be there with you. You know, it's a, that extra you know, skiing, there's nothing beats, you know, getting done with the day and cracking a beer on your tailgate because you know, you're tired and you're like, this, this beer tastes so much better because I just had a lot of fun. Um, so we look at it as not like, we're not the, we're not the destination, but we're part of the journey. And it's a little more fun if you have a beer. It's always more responsibly though, responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've already alluded to this um, a few times already. Uh, we know that outside of work, you like to whitewater raft and kayak and ski. And that seems to be a common trend among everyone that we've talked to in Idaho. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to actually throw a little curveball in here. So outside of those three things that you would probably be doing, what's the fourth favorite thing that you're going to be doing <laughs> outside of those that's not related to the beer scene? So you really have to think about this one. Oh, well, I don't know. Cause I have, I had one more that was going to be easy and to be mountain biking. Uh, but <laughs> that's, probably, yeah, that's kind of a, like, that's kind of a cop out. So like, I mean, it's the same, but different as those. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You're going down a hill. Um, outside of that, man, that is, uh, I mean, I wanted, I have an 11 month old daughter. So that's like probably, you know, the other cop out answer is, uh, that's a job hanging out with her, but, uh, man, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much all I do is work and have fun outside. I love it. <laughs> so from, love it. although football season's coming, so I, I, I do love me some football, uh, blue, right. blue football on a blue field. Can't, you know, can't I mean, I, I support, uh, Boise state cause that is the hometown team, but that is not my team. Uh, oh. so, you know, when they're good, it's good for business, and I, I I will cheer them on. But it's not if they're playing Washington Huskies, then then there's no no question. So, <laughs> did you get uh, did people give you crap for not making the outdoor beer garden grass blue? Uh, you know, I, people suggested that, and I have my wife and a lot of my staff are from Boise State alum, and I, as I told them, I said, you know, University of Idaho alum drink beer. And actually, they probably drink more beer than Boise State fans. So 
Um, yeah, I, I can't right. choose sides, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm apolitical or a, you know, just gotta right down the middle. Well, place for everyone. You know, I, I don't need to, I don't even have a UW flag in the, um, in the brewery. So uh, we welcome all the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our grass is green because it's the same grass that everybody, except for one of you have, but you can come here too. <laughs> the blue field's weird, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, I hate, I it's, can't believe I admitted that, but when, like when you go see it, you're like, this is so weird, but I kind of like it. It's, it's different. I mean, there's so much uniformity to the fields themselves. Like it's something different. It's, and they're the only ones that have it. It looks a lot worse on TV than it does in person. It is annoying on TV, but if you go to a game and you're actually like, you know, it's not really as bad as it, the TV, like it's, Yeah. You catches your eye in the bar. You're like, what? What the? What's going on over there? It's bright and shiny and blue and yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you as one. I have a two year old. As one biking father to another, have you gotten the tow rig for the back yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. You like it? Yeah, yeah. Only in the flat. No, I don't. That doesn't go mountain biking. That's like, yeah. You know, down the flat street. <laughs> Not even on single track. You want? You want to take her on single track? Not yet. No. She's, she's got to be able to stand up first. <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> There's a market for that. Yeah. yeah. No no children over here, Brian, but you could have asked me the same question because I've tried to get those for my dogs before. What's holding you back? Uh, but they don't like them. Mm. Your like dogs. How? I mean, I, when I was looking for trailers, the reviews online, probably 75% like of them yeah. said, yeah, this worked great for my dog. I'm like, what about reviews about children? Right. That's what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to buy this for. But that's what it was designed for. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I don't know. People take their dogs everywhere. People do everything with their dogs nowadays. So I don't know why that even surprised me for a second. Dogs and beer, bring them with you. <laughs> yep. That you could even have them guard the beers in the trailer. That's right. I mean, if you yeah. came to our beer garden right now, there's probably 20 dogs there. I know it's a contentious <laughs> thing in the beer industry, uh, but we're a very dog friendly and child friendly place, and. Really, we don't get into the arguments like other places in the U.S. do. We just have a fun, dog-friendly, kid-friendly environment. There yeah. you go. But sometimes there's more, there's like as many dogs as people. It's insane. But I mean, there's people that misbehave and maybe sure. don't belong in a tap room on a particular day, and there's going to be dogs or kids that misbehave <laughs> and maybe don't belong in the in the beer garden in a tap room on a particular that's day. It's just like that's part of being a, a part of a community. It's part of like being Absolutely. a participant in society. And, like. It's part of being middle of the road, Mike. <laughs> but if you don't like kids and dogs, you're probably not going to have fun at our place. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you? Yeah, what are you doing? Sitting at the bar, just looking around at everybody. I'm going to judge. I don't like that person. Don't like that kid. I don't like their dog. Like, have a good time. It's beer. It's a it's a catalyst for fun and adventure. Like, what do you? Curmudgeon. Exactly. So we've talked about many awesome things about Boise, the rivers, mountain biking, skiing the beer but is there one thing the blue field can't forget the blue field um is there one thing that you wish boise was more well known for though ah more well known for i don't know know. it's uh you know the the potato stigma is uh seems (laughs) to be starting to like go by the wayside could be the hop and barley stigma i mean that that's what it should be um yeah you still grow obviously in my world i love love us you know for beer more, but uh, we do have a good beer scene going. Uh, that's a that's an easy answer for this podcast. So I got to think of something else. 
I mean, Boise is probably like the number one city. It's like the t- number one city for loving being on top 10 list. Cause I don't know. But, although now it's starting to get, you know, now it's starting to get the top unaffordable cities, but you know, for a while it was every time it's like best places to live, best places, all this. And you're like, okay, Boise just loves it. Some top 10 lists. Yeah. Yeah. We're hearing that, that people, people are moving in very rapidly. Yeah. There's a lot it's been going on for a while yeah. as long as they drink beer it's fine yeah i read an article recently that boise one of the top 10 fastest growing cities in america yeah. <laughs> exactly add another one to the favorite top 10 list <laughs> i was reading that article about like number of top 10 things brian would say on bruce less traveled and that was one of them you guys have top 10 lists for stuff or you know no. not yet nope nope that's just another one of our amazing bits tonight <laughs> we're on fire isaac can't oh stop God. won't stop yeah so where can people find pay at beer oh out west uh we're in mostly idaho washington a little bit of oregon was well, because oregon's 45 minutes away um so what you know, eastern oregon is kind of western idaho utah colorado wyoming and uh northern nevada pretty wide distribution list majority of those oh, wow. is Idaho. Did you first, did you first expand into Washington because of your allegiances there? Or was that kind of just a natural progression? Ah, you know, that it, we weren't there right away. Um, kind of a natural progression after we went Northern Idaho. Uh, I don't know where everyone is located here. I know where you guys are, but uh, out here, Idaho is a really long state. Uh, yeah. You know, we got Canada's, you know, we touched Canada and Nevada. Believe it or not, when I went to school in Seattle, people didn't realize that Idaho was next to Oregon as well. Um, but, you know, yeah. all of it. Uh, but North Idaho is right next to Spokane, Washington. So I kind of went North Idaho to Spokane and then jump across the state. Idaho is a sneakily shaped state. And I don't think people realize how, how gigantic it is. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Boise to Coeur d'Alene. It, People probably know Coeur d'Alene's gorgeous up there. It's like an eight-hour drive. No big deal. And we don't have traffic, so that's like eight hours of driving, not sitting in traffic. Question in the chat. Do you self-distribute in Idaho? Is, is, self-distribution, is self-distribution legal in Idaho? It is legal, but we do not self-distribute. Um, we did for a while and then got to the point where being a very large state from a land standpoint, but not from population, means that, uh, I mean, half the state lives within 20 miles of the brewery, probably we're almost to 2 million people. So we're, we're getting there. So for us to actually get reaching out outside of there is, is just distributors made sense. You, I mean, it, it's either that or you have to start your own distribution business and then you're running two businesses and. Yeah. That's where we, when we got to the point, I was either we got to hire more people and buy more trucks or let someone else do it. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this but I'm going to anyways. I just looked at a map of the United States. And when you were like, yeah, Idaho touches Canada, my first initial reaction wanted to be like liar, <laughs> but it's true. You do. You have, you have a portion <laughs> that touches and it, it is a sneakily shaped state. You are right, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. For, Sneaks for up there. T- yeah. Look at a touches map. Utah touches Nevada. It's big told, you, told you I was a big map guy. <laughs> Apparently not that big. Yeah, you should have known that. That doesn't that ruined our other joke. It doesn't yeah. doesn't track. That wasn't a oh, joke. It's true. God. Oh God. Mike, what else would uh, you like the people at home to know about Payette? Um, well, I see a question about flagship brews. Uh, oh. so I'll, I'll answer that. And it's a I see it's a 
you know, when we opened, although it went through a name change, our, our kind of the beer we were originally known for is Rustler IPA. So from a, a people know about it, that's probably the flagship from our actual like volume standpoint. It's not our, um, actually our, our best-selling beer. We have a beer called Sofkin Sunny and that's become our, our most popular, I'd say flagship beer now. And then our North Fork Lager named after the North Fork of the Payette River. That's our, um, our other one. So Sofakin Sunny, North Fork Lager, I'd say are the two to, that we're probably most known for in Idaho right now. I love that that's at the, that a pun, a pun named beer is at the top of the, the cell sheet. Oh, we got multiple. I mean, we got Sofakin Dreamy, we got Sofakin Fresh. Uh, that's coming out here at Fresh Hop. You know, it's, the name possibilities okay. are endless. And uh, we have fun. And still, I have people that don't get their like, I thought it was just like someone that sits on a sofa. I'm like, say it fast. Yeah. Have your kids say it and then you'll, or not. Actually, I probably shouldn't advocate for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that feels like a child of the early 90s. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us. And thanks for supplying awesome beers for the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cheers. You can find more from Payette at payettebrewing.com. That's Payette with one Y and two T's. Correct. Figure out, you can figure out the, the rest to spell. You can find more from us at brewfauna.com. There, you can read our blog. You can shop our holiday boxes. The holiday season is coming up as well as shop our beer club subscription options. Remember that you too can drink great local beers like these and join us for weekly tastings like this as part of the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. You can also follow us on all the social medias at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with one more episode of the wonderful city of Boise, closing out with one more uh, great brewery from the city of Boise. But until then, be kind, stay safe, and support local breweries. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>